Hello 90s footy fans, welcome to episode 70 of the 90s Club Footy Podcast. This week we chat with former Melbourne Carlton and Port Adelaide small forward Brent Heaver. Brent began his AFL journey with the Melbourne Demons in the 1990s season. He played 12 games in two years in the red and blue before moving to Carlton in 1992. He lined up in the navy blue 64 times which included playing in the 1993 AFL Grand Final. His final two years at the top level were with Port Adelaide under the legendary John Cahill. In this episode, Brent talks about kicking five goals on debut, why he went to the Blues, playing in the 1993 AFL Grand Final, being part of the first ever Port Adelaide team, and playing alongside champions such as Kernahan and Bradley. I hope you enjoy the 70th member of the 90s Club Footy Podcast, Brent Heaver. Brent Heaver, thank you for joining me on the 90s Club Footy Podcast. Great to have you on, mate. I'm looking forward to reflecting on your time in the AFL at three AFL clubs in the Melbourne Demons, Carlton Blues and the Port Adelaide Power, mate. Thanks, Brent. Uh, Good to be here. I'm looking forward to sharing some of those stories. Are you someone that reflects much on your footy career with um, you know mates or you know people that might recognise your name, or is someone that sort of just yeah, keeps it to yourself? Yeah, I'm not too. I'm not too. Uh, I don't spruik it out there too much. So um, I I, uh, I like to keep it reasonably low key. It's it's you know it was good fun while it lasted, but at the end of the day, that was uh, obviously nearly thirty years ago. So it was a long way, a long way away. <laughs> Hey, mate, I love asking my um, guests, you know, what are you currently doing with yourself and do you still have any football involvement at the moment? So I'm currently, um, I'm, I'm living in Canberra and I've been here for well, nearly 20 odd years and um, I, I work in the public service like everybody else in Canberra does. So, um, and footy wise, I, I was helping out assistant coach at, at the Ainsley Football Club for a few years um, and I stopped about well, two or three years ago. Um, I'd been there for a fair while and the coach that was um, coaching at the time moved on. So I thought it was time for me to free up, um, give somebody else an opportunity. So um, at the moment, I'm not doing any footy. I'm just playing a bit of golf when I can and um, obviously doing some other stuff around the place with, uh, with the family. But yeah, no no footy involvement at this stage. Uh, terrific, mate. Do you still keep a keen on the AFL itself? Or do you watch a game or you know follow the sides that you played with um, over the weekend as well? I do, yeah. No, I watch a bit of footy. I probably, I mean, Carlton are my team that I sort of go for, um, noting that I've you know, played the longest with Carlton. So I've sort of, I've got that that sort of um, allegiance there, and I'm you know very interested to see how they're how they're tracking. Obviously, not going so well this year, but they, uh, it was a good year, you know, almost a good year last year, and um, they should be better. But anyway, we'll uh, see what they see what they put together in the next few weeks. Mate, let's talk some footy and let's talk about your journey. You played with three clubs, as I've just mentioned before, Melbourne, Carlton and Port Adelaide. How did you make your way to the Melbourne Football Club? 
Um, so back in the day, there used to be zones. Uh, so I, I lived in Epping, and, and that was a Melbourne zone. So effectively, I I was um, went through the pro, went through the program where they had you know junior development sort of zones and under 15s and um, and through there went to uh, went to the under 18s. So I'm sorry, under 19s back then, um, and um, progressed up through then the the. The draft wasn't in at that stage. It was more just a, um, you know, every area had their, every club had their own area to 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 get players from. So I, I sort of progressed through the through the ranks and played under nineteens reserves, and then obviously making the the senior debut. Did you have to play many reserves game, Brent? I know t- talking to quite a few different guests over the journey of the podcast, it was like a real apprenticeship back then to obviously play a few reserves games. I think Kuda. When I was speaking to him quite a while ago, he said he played 50 reserves games before he even got a sniff at senior. So was it like that for you as well? No, not really. I, I was sort of, I was you know, lucky in a way that I, so I played under 19s reserves and seniors in the one year. So I'd sort of progressed up through through the through the ranks pretty quickly. And I, I can't off the top of my head remember how many reserves games I'd played, but I obviously played enough and was Picking a few goals and doing okay to, to to warrant a senior selection, but um, yeah, it was all in the one year, so I didn't play too many reserve games before I got my senior senior break. What was the environment like when you first joined the Demons? Obviously, and I guess probably you know probably that senior core because they'd been perennial finalists for a number of years, and that at that stage, you know, the team was still a pretty competitive side and hard to beat. Yeah, no, we had a great side. I mean, we had we had some some pretty high quality players, and we were com- very competitive. Um, you know, Gary Lyon was um, captain, or sorry, one of the key players of the club. We had um, Greg Healy, we had Jimmy Steins, um, Darren Bennett, that obviously went on to play the American gridiron. Um, we had we had oh, Alan Johnson. Trying to remember all the other, there was a there was a pretty handy team. Brett Lover. We had a, a really good side, and and it was across the park. We had some some pretty good players. So um, the team itself was was pretty competitive, and I was lucky enough to to play a few games there. Obviously, I, I didn't play as many as I would have liked, and um, that's okay. But uh, it was a it was a good a good couple of years at, at Melbourne, and and you know, I learned a lot and played with some really you know some legends of the game. So I was pretty. Pretty happy with that. Well, Melbourne hasn't gold since the nine-minute mark of the third quarter. Do they want one now? Oh, Bennett man. takes off. Glenn Lovett. It was smothered. Lyon cleverly. Heaver. Will he kick his fifth? I think he did. Well, the 18-year-old steadies the knees as they need 15, 6 to 11, 9. I love your debut, mate. Your debut story is an absolute ripper. You made your debut in 1990. Round 11 against Carlton. And pretty good debut, to be quite honest. Kicking five goals in a six-point victory. Probably no better way to start your AFL career at that stage. No, it was pretty nice. It was uh, there was sixty thousand there, so it was a, a pretty good, um, you know, pretty good entrance into the AFL. And I was lucky enough to to snag a few goals. And um, yeah, um, didn't get too many kicks the week after, but that's okay. I did a did a did a reasonable job in, in week one. So, have you gone back? And I know with. This day and age, we're really lucky that we can actually go back and look at YouTube clips and so forth. Have you been able to go back and look on the internet and sort of find some vision of that first game? Because um, I reckon that was a pretty special time. Obviously, five goals debut, big occasion against one of the you know the biggest clubs in the AFL and the Blue Baggers. 
Yeah, I've got I've I've got some uh, I've got three daughters, so um, uh, yeah, very rarely I occasionally pull it out and show them the show them you know show them the YouTube. I think they've watched it once or twice and then lost interest. So, but it is it is on there. There is you know the ability to go back and watch it, which is great. So it's good to see. I didn't get too many kicks um, as such, but it's you know so it's a little bit boring for for the girls to watch. But it's um yeah, it's nice to nice to go back and have a look at it. Hey, you played a further eight games that season in 1990. Did you exceed your expectations that year or on the amount of games that you played? Or is that sort of, you know, where you sort of you thought your footy was at that stage? Uh, I suppose at an 18, 18 year old, I was probably just happy to get a game rather than playing, you know, certain set numbers. After my first game, I suppose it's the expectations were were reasonably high, and I, you know, whether I lived, I don't think I quite lived up to that first game hype in the, in that first year, and that sort of, you know, that showed by um, probably the next year and the and the you know the form and how many games I played and whatnot. So so I probably you know eight games is a, is a good start considering where I came from from the from the under nineteens through the reserves to seniors it's probably a yeah it's a good first year so um i was pretty happy particularly by you know getting in midway through the year playing eight games is is still a pretty good result for me mate in 1991 you had limited opportunities and i don't know whether that was due to form or whether injuries or you know obviously a really tough team to break into but um it was your last year at the damage only spent the two seasons there did you have any conversations with the club during that year that it was unlikely you'd be at the club in 1992 or did you sort of think that you were still going to roll on and, and be a part of that list in 1992. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really have any discussions with uh, with anyone around not being there. Um, I found out through uh, the paper or somebody on on radio or something had said that I was more than likely going to get delisted, and I I found that interesting. And I rang John Northey, who was the coach at the time, to find out what was happening. And um, I'm not sure I got a yes. Yes, that story is true, or no, it's not. So, um, but I, but I then obviously not too long after that was delisted. So, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really see it coming. I mean, I obviously not having a great year that year, not playing a lot of games. So I suppose the writing was on the wall that there, yeah, there might be change. But you know, you'd hope, I'd hope that I may have got another year out of it to to prove myself. And I reckon list sizes were pretty big back then too, Brent. So you know, obviously, really competitive for spots, isn't it back then? Yeah, it was. And as I said, I mean, we had a pretty good side. We had um, you know, Greg Healy, Richard, um, Ricky Jackson, had a, a few, um, Andy Lovell, few, few good, really good smalls around the place as well. So, um, you know, pretty tough tough to maintain a spot and the, the competition was was pretty strong to make sure you performed. Heaver. You're following your departure at the Demons. You made your way to the Carlton Football Club in the 1992 mid-season draft, which we've only sort of seen reappear in the last couple of seasons, that mid-season draft. How did the early conversations go with Carlton? How did they sort of begin? Well, I actually rang them and and um, asked them whether I could come training because I'd, I'd been sort of obviously packed my bags from Melbourne and went back to local footy um, in, in Epping and I was looking at an opportunity and I so I, so I rang rang the club and asked them whether I could come down and train initially and and they were happy to to facilitate that so I went and trained and lucky enough to once again play reasonably well um, once I got some time in the reserves and um, back then the mid season draft was there so that was a good opportunity and I. Um, yeah, then obviously got got drafted in the mid-season draft. 
So did you have any sort of um, chance to play like Carlton Reserves or anything like that? Or were you sort of training with him during the week and just playing at Epping on weekends? No, so I was playing reserves. I was playing reserves with Carlton at the time. You could do that as like a top-up player or whatever it was called at that stage. Um, so yeah, I was doing that. And then if I wasn't playing for Carlton, I'd go back to play local footy. Um, but yeah, most weeks I, I was playing in the reserves. And um, yeah, as I said, I started to get a kick, which was good, and um, which meant I got a few more games in the reserves and helped me get a uh, get a list spot in the mid-season draft. Your breakout year was 1993, mate. You played all 23 games and had a successful Blues outfit, which qualified for the grand final that season. How much did you enjoy playing footy that year? Yeah, no, it was pretty good. I mean, that was that was my best year by far. And, and I think, you know, I, I, once again, playing in such a great side with so many, so many legends of the game, it was uh it, it was pretty um pretty surreal and, and I and I enjoyed it. And you know, I, once again I was lucky enough to play reasonably well and and contribute pretty strongly to to the result. And um we didn't end up with the result we would have liked overall, but we had, I mean, the side we had once again, you know, um Kernahan, Bradley, um, Williams. Madden, Hannah, McKay, like it was just, it was just across the board. Kuda, Kuda, Ange, all the, you know, all the guys that are, that certainly made their mark at the, at the footy club. Um, I was lucky enough to play with some of the, uh, some of the best of the best that Carlton's had. Well, what was it in that off season, or you know, that led into the '93 season that just sort of changed your fortunes? I guess, obviously, you know, getting regular games, you kick 48 goals that year. I think. Looking at your stats, you might have had three or four hauls of five goals that season, and you were a real small, dangerous forward. What what was the difference in form from the previous year? Was it just opportunity or a bit of belief from the coaching staff or yourself? Did you change, you know, some of your habits during the week? Or yeah, what was it? I'm not so. I think it was the opportunity, and I think the, the consistency of playing, and and probably being a couple of years older than I was, obviously at Melbourne, and you know that 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 bit of extra extra strength and and whatnot. But I, I think there was no real. You know, I didn't I didn't change too much. I think I was just having a full preseason under my belt and um, over 92, 93, training hard. You know, being on the list and then you know getting getting that belief that once I once I got it, I got in the team and sort of um, had a reasonable first game in the in the first round, kicked a few goals and that sort of you know kicked kicked off the year and then it just you know it kept going from there. Most of the weeks it was uh, it was good, a couple of down ones, but that's okay. Um, and you know, in general, I don't think I changed too much about. What I did to get to where I did, where I was, I just more consistent and getting more game time. What was David Parkin like to play on as a coach, mate? I guess you watched the um, you know the vision of games back in the nineties, and you know really passionate, someone who um, you know could probably you know that emotion used to rise quite a bit if things weren't going um, the way of the the Blues, the fortunes of the Blues. What was what was Parker like to play under? Yeah, look, Park, I mean, Parker was intense, and he loved he loved his footy, and um, you know, he he was he was a great coach. As in, um, yeah, you know, he he was one of the coaches that sort of started. Um, you know, m- the way we moved the ball into our forward line was probably different to anyone else was doing, and you know, using the fat side and 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 switching the ball around, and and yeah, you know, he was probably instrumental in in getting that moving. Um, you know, being a teacher, he was very. Um, you know, very focused and analytical, and um, you know, and gave us some good, some good KPIs and measurements to to work on. So, um, yeah, look, 
he was he was a good coach. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, I think he 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 demanded a bit out of the players, and I think the players um, certainly rose to the occasion. Noting though, we did have a, a gun side, so um, we should have you know, we should have been performing the way we should have been performing. Hey, I'm interested about grand final week in 1993, and I know it might be a bit of a sour point, mate, but it's uh, you know it was a memorable game for, for a number of reasons. Um, despite the results not going the Blues way, what was the week like, and what was the experience like to be part of AFL grand final? Like even talking to Troy Luff, you know, in a couple of seasons ago on the podcast, he said even though that the Swans didn't get the job done in 96 case, it was such a great moment to be a part of because as we know, grand finals are bloody hard to uh, to make. Yeah, look, it was. I mean, it was an amazing week. You, you, you know, massive week, massive crowds at training, um, big build up, plenty of media. Then you've got the grand final parade where you, you know the streets are packed, and that was back when you used to, you know, still drive around the streets of, of Melbourne, and it was a pretty, pretty impressive um, day. The grand final day. I mean, it's such a blur as well. It's such a you know, huge crowd. Um, yeah, it's it's amazing how quick it goes. Um, I think that's the one thing that you sort of you know you look out and you hear the roar of the crowd, and then all of a sudden the game's over. <laughs> so um, it was, a, but it was a great experience. I mean, like you said, it's pretty hard to get to them. Um, winning was obviously not winning was a, a disappointment, and you know still hurts, still burns, but that's okay. I'm trying to move on from it, but. Um, it's uh yeah, it's it's something that I'm proud that I made the F, you know, made the team, made the made grand final day. You know, um, whilst we didn't get the result we would have liked, it's uh yeah, it's still a great experience and you know something you never forget. And another player who would figure prominently would be Stephen Kernahan in Norm, Norm Smith medal voting. It kick in towards centre half forward. No mark. Hogs got it. Handball away. Heaver off the left foot. Brett Heaver gets a late goal for the Blues. No doubt the, the result wasn't the way that it want, you wanted it to go or the team wanted it to go, but I reckon there would have been a real burning desire, Brent, you know, a couple of seasons later when you won 95, that success wasn't far away with the side that you had and obviously, you know, the style of game you were playing. Well, I mean, 93 was one, you know, Essendon and Carlton had some really big tussles during the year where, you know, point here and there. So it was it was expected to be a lot closer on grand final day and, and you know, we were probably favourites just to, to win it um, and it didn't go our way. And then 94, you know, we, we were still pretty um, highly regarded and, and, you know, we still had a pretty good side in 94 that was that was challenging and we went out in straight sets. So um, 95, they, you know, they, they embarked on a bit of a rebuild and uh, they, I think Parker and the coaching staff looked at areas where they thought we were maybe deficient and not getting to that next level. Um, and then brought in players that you know that that did the job, and and I think you know ninety five was a you know I I missed the grand final in ninety five. Well, I was emergency, so um, unfortunately, but that's okay. Um, and but it was a, that year we were we were amazing. We we just were unstoppable, and and, and you know the team the team just was was very good, and um, we would have been unlucky to lose that that year because we were just we were the best side by far. Yeah, well, I think you only lost two games, and that was midway through the yeah. season. You you finished to the year that year was uh, was unbelievably good. Yeah, I mean they got you know guys like Pierce. You know Pierce came into the team, Clapay, a couple of real guns that that just you know, and had great years. So they they stepped up, kicking goals and and you know some some just some some real quality there. Mate, during your time at the Blues, I guess, and I can remember you pretty vividly. Is that being that real goal sneak and that you know menace around the forward fifty and and 
causing defenders some headaches. Did you ever get a chance to play up the ground much at your time at the Blues? Well, I played. I was playing, and that was back when you sort of you had a a rover slash forward pocket sort of you know swapping. So I, I played with Adrian Gleese, and we used to sort of you know um, swap. Um, forward and, and and on the ball. So I, I did get a bit of time in that in 93, um, probably not so much after 93, but 93 I was um, I was sort of mixing it up and getting getting a fair bit of time in the midfield, and um, which was good. I think it's, you know, it's, it's a huff, hard position to play permanent forward and, and ball pocket, and, you know, sometimes there's only so many opportunities that you get in a day and um, in a game to make your impact, and, and it can be can be quite difficult. And, and so having that opportunity to run up the ground and get a few kicks and, and be involved is, is a, is, it was a good thing. At the end of the 1996 season, you were traded to the newly created Port Adelaide Power. Uh, what were your thoughts and feelings when all that occurred? Well, I was actually away. I was actually overseas in... Uh, in uh, Mexico on a on a trip with uh, one of my other good mates, and uh, I got the call saying I've been drafted to you know, sent to Port Adelaide, and I was I, I remember doing an interview with uh, with Five uh, A was it Five A not Five A W um, I, I can't remember the Adelaide radio station anyway they um, you know talking to me about how how excited I was around the new list, and I I said yes I was definitely I knew I I didn't know too many players that I was joining, but I uh, it was a, it was a bit of a yeah it was a I wasn't quite ready to go. I thought my career may have stalled at that point. I thought it may have been over. So I was certainly enjoying my trip in Mexico and I wasn't doing too much running or too much uh, too much thinking about football. <laughs> was there much discussion from the power? Was Did it come out of the blue or was there something, you know, was there some conversations that took place that may have gave you a little inkling that maybe Port Adelaide might have, uh, you know, gotcha? Well, it was not from memory. No, I mean, I, I was. It was pretty clear that Carlton. I wasn't going to be at Carlton. I, I'd uh, received some advice from Parko that I wasn't going to be at Carlton. So I, I knew that. I knew that those days were probably numbered. So I, I did ring my manager at the time and say, "I think you may need to start looking for for a new club." But I sort of went away thinking, "Oh, well, if it happens, it happens." But um, yeah, I wasn't sort of thinking Port Adelaide. But then it just it, it bobbed up, which was good. What were the early days like at the power on and off the field? It was good. It was different. Um, yeah, new club, new trying to create culture, and 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 it was you know John Cale um, was coach and you know old school um, Port Adelaide legend. Um, everyone loved Jack, and yeah, you know, it was different though because it, it was just you know new club trying to set the benchmarks and make sure that you know on the like you said on the field and off the field that we were doing the right thing, and you know, it was a pretty good time in Adelaide that. Those first couple of years, we we certainly enjoyed ourselves. I mean, we didn't have too many wins, but um, but I think we built a nice little you know foundation for everybody else to to come. But it was uh it was good fun on and off the field at Port Adelaide. I remember we we lost by about twenty goals, and I remember going back to the club rooms and back to the social club, and the the whole Port fan base started singing the theme song, and yeah, we we were all. We, we were thinking, what is going on here? Because yeah, we just lost by twenty goals. But that was the Port Adelaide mentality. That they, you know, they loved their team and they loved the, you know, they loved being a part of the of the club and the culture and and creating that vibe and that and that sort of, um, yeah, that showed over the years. They've built a pretty good side and pretty good club now. Where where they're, you know, they're they're a great team. So. Was it hard to break into that AFL market over there? Obviously, we know Port Adelaide, the history and so forth with the club in the Sandful, but. Adelaide had been around, the Crows had been around for six or seven seasons before you guys joined. Did you feel like it was a hard market to break into? Because I guess 
Adelaide being the, the sole SA representative in the AFL for those amount of seasons that you sort of had to try and take away or bring back supporters to to follow them or? I don't, I don't think so, no, because uh, the Port Adelaide supporters are pretty loyal. So whilst they might have been supporting Adelaide because they were in Adelaide, because they were in the comp, um, their heart was at Port Adelaide. So it wasn't that hard for people to jump ship and come back to Port Adelaide. Um, yeah, the town's big enough for two town two teams. So there wasn't really an issue around getting the you know getting airplay or, get, or making sure that the Port were, were were equally as popular as Adelaide. That that happened pretty quick, I think, and and. Yeah, you know, it took a while for the team to to get to the stage, but the members and the fans and everyone, you know, there was a it, it happened pretty quickly. The mark is dropped down there by Mead, but Fabian Francis has got it. He belts it to the full forward area of the Ruckman oh. fly. Over the back. Here's Heaver. That's his goal. Another goal. Well played, Brett Heaver. Trouble behind. Someone's down. Let's hope he is all right. But that's Brett Heaver's go. The roaming of the packs on the forward line. He did it so well at Carlton. What was the build-up like in the team's very first game against the Collingwood Magpies? I guess, you know, the likes of yourself and a few others that were running around that had previous AFL experience. You know, you guys probably would have handled the moment pretty well. But for the likes of, say, Darren Mead and Daryl Poole and these sort of guys coming out of the sample and just, you know, that, that stepping up a notch um, in competition and obviously, I guess, professionalism, um, yeah, how did the the club and the and the club uh, the team handle that first game against the Magpies? I don't think we handled it too well from the scoreboard, but um, I, I think in general, yeah, as I said, it was a new club. We we the, the expectations were probably a bit lower around. You know, we we're playing a, a pretty good Collingwood side that was, um, yeah. If we got a victory, it would have probably been a good effort, um, and we weren't expected to win. I don't think so. Um, I think the club handled it well, and and. As I said, we, we didn't play play that well, and they, I think from memory they beat us pretty easily. Um, I know I'm trying to go back about 20, 30 years, so um, you have to bear with me on that one. But um, yeah, I, I, I mean, we had we had a good young team too. You know, we we're given some of the you know some of the best players in Adelaide, some of the best young guys, and then supplement that with you know people like Matty Primus, Scotty Cummings. Um, you know, well the Burgoyne Burgoyne boys were. Um, around in those days, Peter Burgoyne was around. Stewie Jew played when I was there as well. So there's yeah, you know, some some real good young talent that turned into some pretty special players. You had two seasons there, Brent. In your mind, from your perspective, how did you see the club's first two seasons in the comp? I think we were. I think we were pretty good. As I said, I think we developed. You know, we we were developing. It's it's a hard comp, and and to put it put a side together that's young, that's really young, and and try and be competitive is pretty hard in the AFL. It's hard enough for the season season professional clubs where they they're used to it. To, but to actually drag a you know, and GWS with Gold Coast Suns, they're all the same. They're all taking time to you know taking time to to get to where they need to get to because it's it's just so difficult to to you know build that that sense of team in, in one season or two seasons. So so I think we did we did we did okay. We didn't um set the world on fire, but we did did okay. Right, I'm gonna give you a, a couple of quick handball questions just to finish off the podcast. Loved uh listening about your time in the AFL. It's been absolutely terrific. So I'll start with a couple of Melbourne players, move to Carlton, and then we'll finish off with a couple of Port Adelaide players. And just a couple of words or a short phrase just to describe your interactions with these uh these ex teammates. So the first one I'm gonna give you from Melbourne, Stephen Stretch. Silky, very silky he was. I'm going to go to Carlton, uh, the great South Australian himself, Sticks Kernahan. Great bloke, Sticks, great leader. 
What about Michael Sexton? A real underrated defender in my mind. Yeah, very low low key Seco, but could play very um yeah, didn't very rarely got beaten and and was was a quality player. I'm going to go to Port Adelaide now. Um come over from the West Coast Eagles and a beautiful midfielder, lovely kick, Braden Lyle. Yeah, Braden Braden obviously became captain there for a while, so uh Braden was hard hard as nails and a hard worker. And the last one, I reckon he may have won your best and fairest this year, correct me if I'm wrong, Darren Mead. Moody, same thing, very, um, very dour and, and um, yeah, once again, didn't get beaten too often. Who was your hardest opponent during your time? Obviously, you know, obviously playing that small forward role. Who was your hardest opponent? I think probably, I mean, yeah, Gavin Wanganine was a, a, a pretty tough competitor and pretty hard to beat and he, he was super quick and just never, you could never catch him and he, he was he was just all over you. Um, Andrew Buse was one that was very, you know, he, he was a tough customer and, you know, he, he knew that you were out there when you played against Andrew Buse. He, he would give you, uh, yeah, make you, make you earn it, which was fine. And then probably, I mean, Andy Collins back in, back at yep. Hawthorne, um, you know, another little bloke, but uh, he, was, he was a pretty handy player as well. You played at three clubs, Brent, and obviously you would have come across so many great blokes and so many great characters. Is there one person or a couple of people that really stand out that you can have a good um, bit of band with, enjoy a beer with after the game and um, and have that social aspect? Is there a couple that stand out? Oh, look, I think there's a couple from Port Adelaide that that come to mind, but um, Scotty Cummings is one that, you know, obviously everybody knows Scotty and, uh, you know, I get along really well with Scotty and Matty Primus was a, a good mate of mine at Port Adelaide. Um, I've got a few good mates from Carlton that I catch up regularly, Brett Scholl and, um, and Rowan Welsh, who, who played back when I played in 93. Um, yeah, some really good friendships there and, and you know, good for a laugh. And we've had some, you know, plenty of good times, plenty of good trips away and, uh, yeah, plenty of good stories that I possibly can't talk about. <laughs> Do you have a favourite goal you kicked? Obviously, you know, we've known you as a bit of a small forward. You had a great year in 93. Is there, is there a goal that comes to mind? And I know it's a long time ago that really stands out. One of your favourites, if you were to... YouTube it and go and find the highlights. You'd get a big smile and think, you know what, that was pretty good. Oh, there's one that I see. You know, when I when I occasionally look at it with the girls, is uh, is the one from a prelim final against Adelaide. I think it was in '93, where I kick a goal from the boundary line and sort of. There's it, a clip that is there, so I, li- I like that one. That was a pretty good one. But apart from that, I I don't think there's any sort of Real, I mean, we kicked. I remember playing in at the Wacker against um, the Eagles, and um, and that was pretty. That they used to be amazing games, and we kicked a couple there that that were crucial goals that you know um, during the crucial game. So a couple of those sort of stand out, but nothing of yeah, nothing more than that. Mate, obviously, last question. Um, now we see, you know, not many of the suburban grounds used. Probably Geelong's the only real one that's used these days. Did you have a suburban ground that you enjoyed playing at. Obviously, you would have played a fair bit of footy at Princess Park, but back then, maybe Windy Hill, um, Arabin was still, you know, in use as well. Is there one that you enjoyed playing at now besides the G and, um, you know, the interstate grounds? Yeah, I think, I mean, Windy Hill was was great. And, and you know, obviously on the um, Collingwood, I, I 
played. I think I played there, but it might have been the two. So um, back at Vic Park, but yeah, you know, some some hostile environments and just yeah, you know, really good, really good games and and just the crowd atmosphere is amazing. And Princess Park was awesome. It was just a it was a cracking ground. You know, good good number twenty odd thousand, whatever it was in the end. Um, but it, it was right on top of you, and, and the noise was was amazing. So those three probably the the favourites. Obviously, Princess Park was was pretty good back in the day. Brent Haver, thank you so much for joining me on the 90s Club Footy Podcast, mate. I've loved reflecting on your footy journey and really appreciate your time, mate. Uh, thanks, Trent. Appreciate it. Stretch off the ground. Here's Danger. Lion brilliantly. Oh, gee, that was good play to Newport. Here's Heaver. He's kicked three. Is this his fourth? Dream debut. Four goals in his first AFL game to Brent Heaver. 14-5 Melbourne, Carlton 5-4. That's the end of episode number 70. If you've missed any previous episodes, you can catch them all on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio and Amazon Music. We're on all the social media platforms, so drop us a line on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter on any particular episode you've enjoyed or a guest you'd love to hear. That is the end of season number seven. We'll be back very shortly with season number eight. Our very first guest will be tough Fitzroy midfielder, Jimmy Wind. Tough, it's rugged, it's good, solid AFL football.